Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. But today I want to talk about the definition of life. So literally defining life as, as God defines it. And we've been talking about our stones, our building the family altar the last several weeks. You know, if you have not been following through, go back and listen to the messages since September. We kind of been building on this, but we talked about Jesus as the cornerstone. We talked about prayer. We talked about um, victory through Christ. All of these things are core values. They're core things that we want to celebrate in our homes, in our church family. Um, it's what we want our children to know. We don't want them to just be in the habit of going to church on a Sunday, right? Mom and dad made me go to church. We want them to know that it's real. We want them to experience the living God. And so uh, we talked about the word of God, the power of the Bible. If you don't know your Bible, you're hooped as far as navigating life. This is the playbook. This is the, this is the instruction manual. Anybody who's ever looked at a baby and went, oh my goodness, I wish they came with instruction manuals, they kind of do, sort of. I mean, it doesn't tell you whether they need to burp or they need to throw up or they need food. Or, you have to navigate that on your own. But basically the navigation of raising children and what they need and what they require and what their hearts are about and how we steward them and what life is meant to be for them. It's in here. Marriage is in here. Work relationships, they're in here. Life, taxes, all of that stuff is actually in here. And so the word of God's a pretty big deal. Um, we talked about the presence of God last week and that, that it's not just like a secondary thing that we talk about God, but we experience the presence of God. And today we need to talk about life. And uh, life to me, this is, this is one of the core things that once we grasp it, through God's eyes, once we grasp what God says about life, what real life actually is, we sing it, and we just sang it right here, that Jesus defeated death, that the sting of death is gone. How is that possible? Many of us have cried tears in the last, you know, six months, year, two years, grieving somebody who has passed, somebody who has physically died, but the reason that it loses its sting is because we have the hope of what happens on the other side. Without that hope, it actually is very, very, very painful. It's unmanageable in some ways when we don't know what happens on the other side, when it's just like there's a sense of loss that doesn't go anywhere. But when we know whom we have believed and we are persuaded that he is able to keep what we've committed to him, then when these people pass, when, when they slip from this side to the other side, we know that they're still alive that they're in him. We just don't get to hug them and hold them right now, but we will on the other side. This is life. And this is the thing that, that we, we aim towards in the eternal, but it's also meant to be something that's experienced today. So that's the part that I want to get into today and defining this as we walk through it. John 11, 25 and 26, Jesus said to her, this is when Lazarus died. He said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. This is a fascinating scripture. It doesn't even take a ton of like breaking it out too much. Jesus is literally saying, if you want life, real life, life that starts now and goes on forever, it's me. I'm it. I'm it. You, you find me, you find life. And I was thinking... Um, 
Last night I was watching, did anybody see Adele's concert on TV by any chance? It was really good. She's a very good musician. Anyway, maybe my analogy just went down the toilet because nobody watched Adele's concert. I don't know. Anyway, just, you know, here's this like world-class, multi-Grammy winning, you know, musician who's gone through this really... Um, really hard time in her life. She had a marriage split up and, you know, just dealing with some personal loss and stuff like this. And she kept saying things like, I just have to find myself. I have to, I have to find my inner strength so that I can be a strong, um, a, you know, I can be built strong when the storms of life come. And basically she walked through all of our building blocks and then just kept directing them at herself, like she's going to find her. And I'm like shouting at the TV, you need Jesus. You, you need Jesus. Wayne's like, maybe you should tweet it and tag her or something. I'm like, I, I doubt she cares what some lady from northern Canada has to say. But I'm like, that's okay. Those are all the building blocks. of that's, that's the relationship with God is the answer. And it's not that it's perfect and pain-free, but life on the inside when Jesus is there is doable. And it's not just survivable. It's it's full of something that is from him. It's full of his heart. And so we're going to walk through that today and applying what that life actually looks like. Number one, life in definition. This is biblical definition. Earthly definition, breathing or not breathing. God's definition is considerably more profound John 10.10 is one of my favorite verses. You guys hear it here all the time. But this is what tells us that the, the, the stone of life, the concept of life through God's lens is a cornerstone. It's, it's a core piece for us. Um, it's, it's something that we, we jump off of into the rest of our life. And it says this. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So Jesus is saying right off the bat, he says, you, you have to understand that as you are walking on this, this planet, while you are breathing, there is two different um, sources that are coming at you. There's two different pulls. There's two different streams that want your attention, that, that are dealing with your life. There's things that you are facing. And one is literally out to steal, kill, and destroy. There's not a neutral spot. It's steal, kill, and destroy. And the other is life and life abundantly. And so Jesus says, you're going to have to navigate between these two things. And he's not talking about, are you breathing or not? He's talking about the life that you live is either going to be saturated in a death that's destroying you from the inside out, or it's going to be saturated in life that's going to propel you forward. It's not just life. It's not just breathing. It's not just a heart that's pumping. It's life abundantly. So let's break that down a little bit further. The word um, abundant is translated in the, the New Living Translation. It says a rich and satisfying life, which is a good way of looking at it because abundant uh, in the Greek literally means of superior quality, super abundant in quantity, and the big key here is beyond measure. 
beyond measure. I mean, it's, it's something that's bigger than what we can quantify. You know, we've, we've um, been looking this past season. There's just been so much, you know, whether it's, it's um, you know, physical deaths in, in car accidents, um, through COVID, through uh, suicides, through cancers, through whatever. There's been so many different ages of people that have passed in, in you know, in our city, in our province, in our nation. And we look at it. And the one thing that I've been finding is the common denominator is it doesn't matter if they're 20 or they're 85. We always feel like it's not enough time. We always feel like, oh man, we wish there was more. We wish we had a little bit more time. It never feels like enough time. Jesus says, I have come that you would have life and life abundantly in in a quantity that is beyond measure. A quality that is beyond measure. What he's telling us is that the way I measure life is outside of this realm. It does not have the timeline that you're putting on it. My kind of life is something that is bigger. It goes beyond here. When, when he, it means the superior in quality. It's the kind of life we've all experienced. I hope you have anyway. Where it does, you know, it's the, it's the sandwich in the park with somebody that you care about. That's like the best day ever and you feel fully alive on the inside versus, you know, the fanciest, you know, the fanciest dinner in the fanciest restaurant with somebody that you can't stand and your heart feels dead on the inside. And, and you can't buy that kind of, you know, happiness. You can't buy, it's, it's a different kind. And life through God's lens is like that. It's, it's, it's a different quality. It's on the inside. Maybe everything on the outside is messed up, but on the inside, I feel alive. I'm okay. I, I, feel, I feel satisfied. I feel good. I feel, I feel like whether it's good times or bad times, I'm, I'm good on the inside. That's abundant life. And then the very nature of it being beyond measure ties together as we were going down the same passage of scripture uh, in John. And it says in John 10, 27 and 28, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And the word eternal there literally means perpetual and forever. So it's saying that you're stepping into a kingdom kind of life. God's kingdom, God's kingdom life is outside of this one, but it gives us the strength to navigate this one. Does that make sense? So it's not we're trying to get out or, you know, we're escaping reality. No, he becomes our reality. His life in us is our reality. It's kingdom thinking. And, and the kingdom of God, we know the word tells us that it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not, you know, money, good food, and nice clothes. Right? The kingdom of God, the good stuff in God, the, the things that he promises us is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So our life is meant to carry these things. Righteousness, right standing with God, where we don't feel guilty all the time. We don't feel lousy all the time. We don't feel like we need to apologize all the time. We don't feel like scumbags all the time. We actually should move to a place where I'm God's kid. Man, I'm, I'm the child of God. I sometimes mess up. I made a mistake this week. I thank God for his forgiveness. I'm asking for your forgiveness. You know, and we stay in just that right standing with God because I'm his kid. Peace. 
Peace is nothing missing, nothing broken, contentment. It's that place of wholeness. It's when we have peace, the peace of God becomes the umpire of our life, meaning it directs us where to go. We, we oh, I should do this. I should go here. I should choose this. I should be with this person. And we follow peace and peace goes, mm, nope. That's a super bad idea. How do you know? Because every time you sit with your thoughts, you feel restless on the inside. We will ask people regularly as, as pastors in pastoral counseling, what do you feel peace about? I, you know, moving, not moving, this job, not that job, this relationship, not that relationship. You know, whatever it is, the peace of God becomes something that's part of our ongoing life that we get to experience now. This is a huge thing. And joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy is this place of delight on the inside regardless of circumstances. And honestly, these things matter because if, if they don't, if what the good life is, if what we, we think real life is, this abundance in God, if the abundance of God is stuff-based, it's happiness-based, it's comfort-based, then how do we explain Christianity to the other three-quarters of the world that don't have the advantages we have financially? Yeah. Right? Is Christianity not for the world? Of course it is. Of course it is meant. We go into all the world and preach the gospel, which means the same good news applies here as it applies in Thailand, as it applies in Zambia, as it applies in Russia. The same good news is good news globally, which means it can't be circumstantial. It's got to be a matter of the heart. It means that I can live in the life of God I can feel alive on the inside, even whether I'm having lobster tail or potato soup. It doesn't matter. I can feel alive on the inside. I can be alive in my relationships. I can be alive whether I own the company or I'm working for somebody at bottom, bottom wage. On the inside of me, I can feel joy. I can feel peace. I can feel that right standing with God. I can know that whether I'm wearing some uniform I hate or not, I am God's kid. I am a princess. I'm a prince. I'm, I'm a child of God and I am so good on the inside. You you might have all the money. You might sign my paycheck, but I might have what you need. This is life. This is the next level thing that God's calling us to understand. This is not an add-on. What was decided today was, was the best decision. Some of, some of these people, this was the outward expression of what's been decided some time ago. But the outward expression now says, okay, ask me. Ask me about it. Ask me about it, and I'm going to help lead you into this. I'm going to, I want to tell you what his life has done in me. I want to tell you what abundant life really is. And I'm not scared to die then, because I know that the life that I've been promised, it is without measure. And I might slip away on this side of eternity, but I'm going to slip up on the other side into that place of wholeness and life. And I'm going to be cheering you on in the great cloud of witnesses. There's this eternal thing that we step into. And maybe you don't know God yet. Maybe this is all brand new. Maybe you're watching online because somebody invited you because you're a family member, or a friend of somebody who got baptized. Let me tell you, this is not, it's not just some theory. We all crave knowing what happens on the other side. Every single person, every person when confronted with loss, confronted with death, confronted with the, the, you know, leaving this side of eternity, 
we all crave, we all have this thing on the inside of us because God says he created us with eternity in our hearts. There's something in us that goes, there's got to be more. This cannot be the same as when the dog dies. This cannot be the same as when we, you know, a cow dies. It cannot be, it can't be the same. We're people, there's got to be more. There is, there's eternity. And we get to step into it now. So the second part of that then is life and decision. We've got the definition, but we need the decision. And this is the part, free will is the number one thing that God gives humanity. Free will. He will never make us do anything, but he makes it as obvious as possible. If you're one of those people who you haven't made the decision yet, but it feels like you're bumping into Christians everywhere you go and it's almost getting annoying, that's, that's God saying like, seriously, I, I would really love you to make a good choice here. <laughs> I would really love to present this to you in the most obvious way possible. And so to be super blunt, 1 John 5, 12 says, he who has the son, this is Jesus, he who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son does not have life. And it's that clear. It's really important that when we have a baptism Sunday like this or child dedication next week that we, we know we're not talking about joining a church you're, we're not joining some sort of a religious club or gathering in any kind of way. It is a personal decision between me and God. And when we do child dedications next week, that is simply parents saying, I am committing to God to raise this kid according to his word. But they're going to have to make their own decision. That child is going to have to make his or her own decision when the time comes. And you got moments then like Ella who says, you know, I grew up in church. I grew up knowing God, but this is my decision. I, I, I'm deciding for me, not because my parents decided for me. And so this is the thing, this choice that we have in front of us. It's fascinating right now to uh, watch society because our general population around us, we have this fascination with death. We have this fascination with like, you know, the, 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 the occultic stuff with, you know, if you look at the, the run of what's possible for TV shows or movies right now. There's all sorts of fascination with the supernatural and, you know, different weird signs and wonders and what really happens and, you know, how close can we get to death before we actually cross over? There's a lot of discussion and, and it's just become so normal. It's one of the reasons that some of us really detest um, Halloween and, and seeing the skeletons and the death and the graveyards on everybody's front lawn and whatever. It's because to us, you know, once you have life on the inside of you, the celebration of death everywhere doesn't look so great. It's suddenly like it feels, it feels like this disconnect in your mind because we can see that there's this searching everywhere around us and death on this life on, on earth is inevitable. The Bible tells us that it, it actually happens. There is a day appointed to everybody and we don't even know when that is, Right? Like we heard the tragedy this week of that young couple that died in the mudslide in BC. Who knows what else they might have tried to avoid, but there was a day. And that day can come at any time. We have to be, we have to be aware of that, that we can't delay it. We can't, we can't avoid, you know, sometimes how, how that happens. But what we can do is make the choice to decide death is going to lose its sting. 
Death is going to lose its power. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to walk in intimidation. I'm going to walk in this newness of life that's been offered to me. I'm going to decide to live forever today. It's kind of brilliant, right? That God offers us this. God offers us the core question and he basically says, will you exchange your life with mine? So it's not just, God, I, I'm choosing to accept you and I'm going to go about my life as normal and I just want to invite you into it. No, I'm actually coming into an arrangement with him. I'm exchanging. He laid down his life so that I don't have to, but in order to pick up his now resurrected life, I lay mine down. And it's this relationship that we get invited into. It looks like this, Romans 6, 3 to 6. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in, here we go, newness of life. So we come to Christ and this is the newness of life. What if I'm 80 years old and I've done nothing but hurt people and screw up for 80 years? Great, today's a good day to have newness of life. It might take a while to, you know, people to forgive you, but God forgives us like that and is so glad that we make the choice. Newness of life, verse five. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. And what that means is that when we are born into this world, that same thing, the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he is out to steal your life. And from the very beginning, we're born into sin. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible tells us. What that means is every single one of us actually is moving towards death. That because sin separates us from God, we are out of that relationship. And so we are always striving for something. We're always striving to do better, to be better, to, to be a good person, to, you know, leave an impact, leave a legacy, do the right thing, whatever. But on the inside, if it's not made right with God, we'll never get there. And so, you know, at the end of our time, if it's, if it's our funeral, it's our, you know, whatever, our day, if, if all people can say is that was a really, you know, a decent person, did good stuff, helped people, it won't so much matter as it does when we cross over to the other side. And Jesus says, I, n I never knew you. It's kind of a big deal. But when he does know us, suddenly we get the well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And this eternal life, this abundant life, this spiritual life that we engage in on this side just carries on on the other side. It's just the next chapter. It's the next thing. Colossians 3, 1 to 3 says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died. What? I thought we were talking about life today. Yeah, and when we come to Christ, this bit, 
this, the sin nature, the, the stuff that is manipulated by the one who, who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, that part is gone. I died and my life is now hidden with Christ in God. It means if I want to think about what, you know, really matters, if I want to move towards what is actually significant, I'm not going to focus so much on right here. I'm going to focus on what is above. My life is now hidden with him. I'm living it out here physically, but spiritually I'm part of something that is now eternal. Are you with me? This matters because it takes away the sting. It takes away the, well, what, what, what if I only have two more years left? What if I only have two more months left? What if I only have, you know, 10 years left? What, what, I don't want to be here suffering. Whatever it is, it takes the sting out. And I set my mind on things above, and I live out of that place. And from that place, I get to release the life of God upon the earth. It's pretty cool. Romans 8, 6 says, for to be carnally minded is death. Literally, that means to be earthly minded. If everything that I think about, everything that I build my life upon is temporary, it's death. It's stuff that's going to fade away, fail, you know, crumble. It's stuff that decays and is broken and lost. It's stuff that is temporary. It's just, it's falling apart. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And so for those who, you know, maybe think it's just some weird add-on to people's lives to, to, to know Jesus and to be, you know, well, like I'm a Christian, oh, good for you. <laughs> like, no, 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 you don't understand. <laughs> now, I wouldn't recommend you be super weird about it, but like, you know, I'm going to live forever. God's living in me. I actually have access to the wisdom of heaven. I'm not afraid anymore because I actually believe that God is with me and God will get me through. And if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. I'm okay with that because I am so looking forward to what's on the other side, getting to be with him face to face. I'm going to be in a place where he wipes away every tear from our eyes. There is no sadness. There is no pain. There is no suffering. There is light and delight in the presence of God for Man, and I'm living in a little bit of that right now. And I get to love people out of the love that he's given me. I can forgive people because he forgave me. I get to live in that place of generosity because he's generous towards me. I can pour out of what I've got because he always pours more in. I have a joy on the inside that's a fountain that just keeps going. I mean, bring it on, but I'm going to live forever. And this is my abundant life. I mean, come on, don't even try and tell me that it's some sort of add-on crutch to my life. No, it's the only reason. Frankly, I'll be really honest with you as a pastor this past year, it is the only reason I'm upright. Seriously, if it wasn't that I 100% know the presence of God, the grace of God, the strength of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, and some days I'm praying for the justice of God, but whatever it is, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here anymore. We have a God that is real, that invites us into his life. That's worth fighting for. So let's talk about this just a little bit further. Life in action then. What does this look like? Because some of us might say, you know, well, I, I got saved a long time ago. I said yes to Jesus a long time ago. I got baptized a long time ago, but I don't actually feel a lot of life right now. 
Well, let, let's look at how this actually works because what is true in a moment is worked out through a lifetime. So in a moment, there is access. In a moment, we experience the possibility of what's available, but it's no different than standing in the kitchen saying, I want a snack, but leaving the fridge shut. You know, your hands broke, you make your own sandwich. You get, get, get in there and do what you need to do. There are some things of God that we have to apply. Jesus has done all he's going to do when it comes to providing us life, but we get to choose to live it. We have to decide to engage a little bit. So the more we choose the God life, the more the life of God becomes evident in us. This is the reality. The more we choose the God life, the more the life of God becomes evident in us. So I can live in a, from a distance. I can experience very little of him. I can experience very little of what's possible, or I can suck it all up. I can engage him in every day. I can choose to live in the fullness. And last week I talked about uh, Corey Ten Boom and the, the prison camps, you know, the death camps in Germany, World War II. But, you know, I, I find stories like hers amazing because she was in the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst circumstances and says, I found God. How does, like, how does that happen? Except you choose life in the midst of death. And as, as hard as it is, sometimes that's what makes it the most beautiful. You know, I was thinking about um, one of my favorite things in the springtime, and a lot of you guys do, because I'm suddenly thinking about springtime. <laughs> Shoveled twice now, and I'm over it. But so, you know, spring's coming. But I love it when I, you know, you go hiking, and there's, there's suddenly um, crocuses that pop up. You know, those little purple flowers, and it's like, they're the most beautiful flowers in the world. Nobody ever puts them in their wedding bouquets. Nobody ever does it, because they're actually pretty ugly. Um, the, you know, the, like this little pokey purple weird thing, fuzzy, they're odd. Um, but in the midst of the snow and the cold and the ice, this little sign of life is so astonishingly beautiful, Right? And so in the society that we're in right now, where there's death and there's fear and there's darkness, do you know how incredibly amazing the life of God is when we walk in it, when we choose the God life and it becomes evident in us? Like, why aren't you depressed? Why aren't you broken? Why aren't you upset? Why aren't you angry? Why aren't you quitting? I don't know how you keep going. I don't know how you keep going day after day after day. I don't know where your hope comes from. I don't know why you're still moving. If I was you, I'd have be falling apart. It's the life of God. Like that, that should be our reality. It's, it's meant to be there, but let's just walk through this thing. The word tells us that we can either sow to the flesh or sow to the spirit. And this is the key. Uh, Romans 6, 11 and 12 says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. That's new King James reckon, reckon yourselves means determine within yourself Reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey its lusts. That passage, this verse is like so interesting because it says reckon or determine within yourself that you're dead to sin. You're deci you decide it. Jesus already says that you've been freed from the bondage of sin, but you decide it. Are you with me? 
It's like somebody comes and they open the prison doors, they unshackle you, but you got to get your butt off the bench and get, like walk out or else you're sitting there in prison. It, you, you have to decide to move. You have to decide to be free. So reckon within yourself. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. God, free me from this sin. And God's like, don't let it. Somebody's sleeping on my couch. Who opened the door? You know? Sometimes we got to purposefully do some eviction of some stuff that's not supposed to be in our lives. Sometimes we need to decide this is the house of God. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. You don't get to be here. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure you don't get access anymore. That's a decision that we make. And so let's just walk through this for a little bit. One of the best examples is in Ephesians 4. And Ephesians is great. We love these these passages because it talks about, you know, spiritual warfare and the armor of God. And so many people will pray through the armor of God, which is super good. And like, God, you are my defense. But there's also stuff like this passage that we're going to read that's like choices. (laughs) They go together. God does his part. We do our part. That we have to engage. The more we engage life, the more we're going to experience. So let's start. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 17. In my Bible, the heading is the new man. So this is, I was buried in baptism. I'm raised to new life in Christ as a new person. And so this is my reality. Starting in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. The futility of their mind. When everybody around you is saying you're the crazy one, you point them to this verse and say, I choose to no longer walk as those who don't know Christ in the futility of their mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned in Christ. What it's telling you is that the thought patterns of the ungenerated mind of those who don't know God, it is being manipulated by that spirit of death. It means that the common society thoughts around us will be pulled on, will be, will be, twisted and damaged when we feel you know you feel like you're the odd one out check it with the word because if it lines up with the word it's full of life stick with it it's okay to have a different kind of thought than everybody else around you has because eventually the life of God in you is going to be a beacon to those who are in this place this lost of darkness who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness But you have not so learned in Christ. Verse 21, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Now, here we go. This is what the new man looks like. We are buried in baptism, raised to new life in Christ. Good starting point. Not finish line. It's just a starting point. Our yes to Jesus, starting point. Our baptism, starting point. But now then we decide. And this life choice happens every single day. So verse 22, that you put off 
concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Deliberately putting off, I am not that person anymore. I am going to choose to leave that guy behind. I'm not doing that anymore. Isn't it interesting that it says uh, specifically, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Have you ever noticed that the, it's why they, you know, is marijuana the gateway drug or whatever. The stuff that pulls us towards sin, it's never satisfied. It wants more and more and more. Pornography starts somewhere, but it gets worse and worse and worse, heavier and heavier. Somebody starts with stealing a pack of smokes, and then before you know it, there's more and more and more. Nobody ever starts in this deep, dark place. We migrate towards it because that's the nature of sin. It's increasingly depraved. But we move towards being increasingly alive, increasingly free, which is so exciting. It says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So you're going to change your thinking. The word tells us that we wash our minds with the water of the word, that there's this cleansing. When we get to know what God thinks, it changes our thinking. Verse 24, and you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So every day now I make this decision, God, that old man is gone, does not live here anymore. I am putting on the new person. And you might have people in your life that are like, oh, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know what you owe. I know how much you've hurt people. And they they want you to pay. And there might be some time there might be some time where we, we live out the consequences of the, our actions in the past, but we can do it from the position of a new person. And so in God, God goes, well, I actually choose to remember your sins no more. I have washed you clean. In me, it's a new beginning. And have you ever noticed when you got a new beginning in him, you can deal with whatever else you have to deal with? When you are ultimately like deliriously loved by God, it doesn't matter who else hates you. It might not be comfortable, but as long as you're loved by God, you're okay. And that's what we're invited into, this place of putting on the new man. So let's look at the choices. And Ephesians gives us kind of like what this looks like in action. Verse 25, therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So this is what it looks like. Putting off the old man, putting on the new man means I'm really conscious of my conversations with other people and that they're shrouded in truth, they're wrapped in truth. What I say is going to be the truth from now on. Um, That's a conscious putting on, the new thing. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. It's relationships. It's this in action means that, okay, I might get angry, we might fight, but I'm not gonna let this sit and cook for days and weeks and months. It's not gonna become something that it shouldn't become. I'm gonna allow my emotions to be surrendered to God and we're gonna deal with this in a life-giving kind of way. It's actually possible to be angry and not kill everybody. Really. It's possible to have an emotion, surrender to God, fight it out in a healthful way and move forward in a way that is life-giving. It's the new man. It's possible. Verse 27, nor give place to the devil. What? 
nor give place to the devil. What are you inviting into your life? What am I inviting into my life? It's, it's sandwiched in here. It's talking about relationships. It's talking about how we deal with other people. But I get to choose whether or not to give the enemy a place or not. I can stand here and go, oh, the devil's attacking me. I just feel so under attack all the time. Well, what door did you open up? Go back and slam that thing shut and kick him out. You decide whether you give place to the devil or not. New life lets me do that. Wait a minute, I got God on my side. Devil, shut up. I do not have to listen to this anymore. I don't have to be baited by this anymore. Oh, I feel tempted right now. Great, God tells me that for every temptation, he is familiar with it and he has made me a way of escape. God, where's my escape hatch today? Because I am not giving place to the devil today. I am a new person. This is a new life. This is a new beginning. I'm not doing that anymore. This is possible. Verse 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands with what is good, that he may have something to give him who is in need. Now, this is a cool one because it's talking not only, you know, some people are like, well, I've never stolen anything in my life. I'm feeling good on this one. Look at what it's talking about because what, what was kind of a cultural thing at the time then was you would, like stealing for provision, bread for your children, like some of the basics. It was such a corrupt system and such a misbalance of what was supplied. And so it's talking about not just doing the right thing, but also shifting from being the needy one to the one who gives. See, the old man needs, I need somebody to give me, help me. I, I, you, you owe me something. I'm going to steal from you because I have to take care of myself and people. And this is now begin to think about you work with your hands. Do something, find your purpose, find a place to live your life so that you can pour out and not just have enough for you, but begin to give. That's the new man. That's the nature of life in God in the new man. Verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. The old man might have let fly. The new man shouldn't. And so this is why many of us delete our posts um, sometimes on Facebook and stuff. And, uh, you know, we, you get out there, you're, you're like, mess, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this. And then just before you go to post it, the Holy Spirit's like, really? <laughs> oh. And you know, it wants to tie itself on to the letting the sun go down in your wrath because once you post that at nine o'clock at night, now you've got to stay up and wait and see who responds to it, right? <laughs> so it's a whole package deal. No, Lord, delete, forgive me, old person. That's, that's the dead man. I'm choosing life. I'm going to speak life. Whatever the situation is, I'm going to pray into it instead. I'm going to invite your presence into it. I'm going to choose. And the word tells us, I set before you this day, life and death, choose life. Life will do something. When I choose to, to watch what I'm saying, when I choose to watch what's coming out and being declared around me, I'm either speaking death or I'm speaking life. And when I choose to engage life, it produces life. So maybe if I'm not feeling life, maybe this is one of the places that we go back, right? And engage that. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 
Meaning be sensitive to his presence. You do what he wants to do. You don't do what he doesn't want to do. But Lord, I value your presence with me today. I value that you are right here and I acknowledge you. I thank you, God, that I am not just living uh, for you, but I'm living with you. I'm living in you. This is a new thing and you are right with me and I want to do what you want to do today. Verse 31, let all bitterness Wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Choosing our attitudes. I can either engage this stuff and let, like, let's just be honest right now. There is bait everywhere. Bait. And if we see it as it's not just bait to get me engaged, but it's bait to get me to choose death, I don't need that. I need to start closing doors. I need to start closing windows and I need to start opening places that breathe life. I need to go towards what is light, what is good, what is kind, what is gracious, what carries the presence of God and the rest of it, you know what? It's gonna go on without you. Like whether you engage it or not, it's, it's happening, but we get to decide what's happening on the inside of us. So I put away this old nature. Really, it is the self-indulgent nature, right? because I have a right to my responses. Verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. So you see the choices that are presented there back and forth, right? Going on a little bit further, chapter five, therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. It goes on and there's way more specifics of what the, death, the dead person looks like in action. You can read it. But the point is of all of this, we have been given the opportunity to know Christ. We've been given the opportunity to love and be loved. We've been given the opportunity to walk away from the old and step into the new. We've been given the opportunity to experience real life, life that can't even be measured, love that, life that is fuller and richer and longer because it's endless with him. Does it mean everything's going to be perfect? No. Does it mean circumstances are going to align just exactly how you want them to? No. But it does mean that on the inside, I feel fully alive in him, that his presence are with me, that is with me, that I get to know him in every day. And he empowers me then to in every day, in every decision, in every pattern, I can choose to put off the old man and put on the new one. And the new one is going to carry life. The old one is going to carry death. And we're not just talking about physical death. We're talking death to relationships, death to hope, Death, death to any sense of identity. Death to the stuff that is all around. It's this, this shriveling up of the world around us. Or there's life. And if you've ever been around somebody who truly carries the life of God, you'll notice that there's usually a group of people around them because everybody just wants a piece of that. Life begets life. Death begets death. And so today we have this opportunity and we've been celebrating this I believe this is what we want our children to know. Not that you need to be a Christian because our family is Christian and Jesus is important. No, even for you, 
He sets before us this day, life or death, blessing or cursing, choose life. This is where we're at. So I'm gonna have the worship team come. And just on that note, because it's been such a awesome day of celebrating new life, we wanna make sure that we give opportunity for that as well. And I don't know who's in the room and I don't know who's online that maybe still needs to make that decision or needs to make that recommitment, but we wanna make sure that we give you time to do so. Today's a really good day to make a life decision. Today's a really good day to decide I am no longer willing to be wound up in death. I'm no longer willing to lay down my hopes and dreams in what is shriveling up and dying. I want this kind of abundant life. I want to be alive on the inside. I want that hope. I want what I saw on those videos today. I want that anticipation and that expectation and that freshness that I saw this morning. I want to be the person who says, I, I have a new start. And so this morning, if that's you, I'm not going to belabor this, but if that's you today, would you just stand where you are? And we're going to pray together. That's you today. You need to make that decision. Either for the first time or you're needing to come back and make that decision. But if that's you today, just stand where you are. And we're going to pray together. If you're watching online, you can mention it in the comments that you're standing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to continuously give these opportunities to make the right decision because we never know. We never know when's the day. We never know when's the day for anybody to make the decision. And we never really know when's the last day that we're gonna be here on this earth. And so in a continuous measure, we wanna keep responding to God and giving him our full yes. But even more this morning, I, I really felt in this room and those part of the service, even online, that we need to make a conscious decision to live. We're not surviving. We're not just waiting until we tap out and we get to go. I mean, let's face it, you meditate on heaven very long and you're ready to go now. But as long as we're here, we have an assignment. And so we live out that assignment and we wanna do it from a place of life and life abundantly. So let's stand together this morning and I just wanna pray over you. And for each one of us that there would just be that fresh revelation of life today. For those that have felt helpless, maybe in addictions or life patterns, the word tells us that we get to make this choice. And what's the cool thing about it is that because when we say yes to God and life is on the inside of us, God empowers it. We just have to make the decisions. We decide, God, I, I am choosing to lay aside the old man today. Help me. I'm choosing to step into the new man today. Help me. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. He helps us in those places where we feel like it, oh man, I'm gonna be stuck in this forever. No, you're not. No, you're not. 
you have been given life and life abundantly. And so God, today we thank you for that life. Lord, we thank you for the gift that has been given to us, the open offer to step into life abundantly, life eternal, life that is beyond measure, life that is part of your kingdom, God, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, that no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what circumstances we're walking through, we can walk through abundantly full of life, and God, I pray a release over that, uh, of that over this congregation today. And Lord, I, even in this season that we've had, we've had a lot of loss. And there's, there's grief. But you're with us in the grief. And you walk us through it. And it's okay to cry. And it's okay to feel the pain. There's life in it, though. And there's hope for the other side. There's hope for those that we see again. There's hope for the, the experience that they're having with you in your very presence, God. And Lord, we thank you that as we walk through this short time on earth, we can live life. We can live in a way, God, that carries life into every dark place. We can be the crocus, God, in the midst of the frozen hard places. Life. Life. And Lord, I speak life over marriages today. I speak life over families. I speak life over singles. I speak life over those that are experiencing maybe going into a holiday season uh, physically alone, but never alone with you. And God, may this be a, a holiday uh, time, Christmas, New Year's, God, that is just drenched in your presence, drenched in your life. Lord, we look forward to each day that you have planned for us and we choose to live the book that you wrote for us, God. Not missing a page. Living fully, life and life abundantly. And we give you praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at Victory Church GP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.